This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, everybody. Cheryl from Unleashed. And today I have the honor and privilege of having Dr. Carol Osborne from the Chagin Falls Pet Clinic. And she trained at the Columbus Zoo, which is a, a very esteemed position. Welcome, Carol. I'm glad you could be here. I have lots and lots of things to talk about. Oh, terrific. I'm glad to join you, Cheryl. So, We were going to discuss the dog flu, but before we do this, I just want to ask you a question. One of my neighbors has a Rhodesian Ridgeback and, you know, he walks the dog, you know, not in urban areas. And the dog came down with hepatitis, a surgery, some meds. He's fine now. But the vet said that he might have caught it from a wild animal, maybe walking through poop or stepping in urine. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I think you're referring to uh, leptospirosis, which is something that we vaccinate for. And it tends to be cyclic. So make sure to check with your veterinarian if leptos in your area. It's a pretty good idea to vaccinate. And a variety of rodents, you know, urinate in ponds and streams and lakes and rivers, etc. And if, uh, you know, the dog walks through that area, you know, the water gets into a little mucous membrane or a little cut. Uh, then the dog can get leptospirosis, which is normally treated uh, and eliminated with an antibiotic called doxycycline. And we have blood tests and titers, you know, to check for that. And they can also transmit it to people. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, And we also eliminate it the same way in people, you know, with that antibiotic called doxycycline. My gosh. You know, I heard of something, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's running rampant, but You know, when dogs sniff grass, you know, there could be some kind of bacteria that goes up their nose and starts a whole bacteria party up there. That's what dogs do. And uh, there's a million and one plus things in the grass these days, you know, from fertilizers and pesticides and chemicals to who knows what. One thing that I always share with my patients is that uh, regardless of what you do or don't do for your own yard, what anyone else does within a five mile radius trickles down into your yard as soon as it rains. That's a good thing to know because we all have grass and we all have cement. Sure. Exactly. That's why we should live on farms. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Right. So I also wanted to mention to our listeners that you practice not only traditional veterinarian care, but somewhat holistic and alternative. And you're very big. I remember the last time we spoke, you're very big on real food for your animals. Absolutely. I'm an integrative or a functional veterinarian. And that simply means uh, that we try to get to the base root of the problem for the specific individual, uh, as opposed to finding a lot of medications to just cover it up. Integrative specifically means to combine. So we combine the traditional Western therapies with the softer, more natural, uh, holistic or Eastern therapies to try to optimize healthcare for each individual patients and minimize the amount of drugs and chemicals that, that we prescribe. Yeah, there's, you know, the animals today 
are getting things like when I was a kid with my animals, they just didn't get that. There's so many different things that dogs and cats get today. And it has to be partially food, partially what they spray around. I mean, everywhere you go, if you live in a community, they spray. And that, they stuff, do. and that stuff gets in everywhere on our feet when we walk into the house. Right. And it's, you know, being that pets are pretty much on the ground and, and sniffing and investigating all the things that are in the soil and the grass, et cetera. The next thing most of them do is uh, run in the front door and lie on your chair and your sofa and snuggle up with you in bed, which is just another thing to keep in mind because uh, they're bringing all those good things home to mom and dad as well. Okay. Now let's get to the dog flu. What, okay. is, what is happening with this? Well, dog flu is not very dissimilar from, uh, from the human flu. So it comes in spurts. It's uh, very popular in the cooler winter months of the year. There's a couple different varieties. We do have a vaccine for them. At the present moment, there's a bit of an outbreak on the West Coast, starting up in California, moving this way, of course. And um, the best thing to do to prevent your dog from getting the flu would be to vaccinate, just like for you and I, Cheryl. And that would be every year? Every year, yep. The, the vaccine, uh, you do. Uh, it has one booster, and then it's uh, an annual rebooster, if you will. You know, the signs, just like you and I, just like the human cold. Cough, sneeze, runny nose, a little bit of fever. You don't feel so hot. You don't want to go to work. <laughs> you don't want to go to work, right. Where are the most popular places to get sick? Places where there's a lot of dogs. You know, dog parks, grooming parlors, boarding kennels, you know, doggy daycare, those kinds of places. You know, boost up your pet's immunity. If you're not sure if he might be sick, obviously give your veterinarian a call. It's about a 28-day course. You know, bone up so and some vitamin C and some vitamin E and some of these good things that we can uh, put into a little, you know, diffuser like eucalyptus and peppermint for decongestion and relieve that stuffy nose a little bit, all of those things. But first and foremost, you know, if your dog's coughing and sneezing and has a runny nose, check with your veterinarian so you know what you're dealing with. Right. Just out of curiosity, very few pets that I've heard of, but I've have heard have gotten the COVID. Have any pets come through your doors with that? We've seen some pets with COVID. I think the, the big thing there is um, in most pets, it's a, you know, it's an upper respiratory situation, cough, sneeze, kind of like the flu, not dissimilar at all. Also spread in the air. But I think the key there is that there are no dead animals of any kind, to my knowledge. The pets are catching it from the people, not the other way around. People are not catching it from pets. Right. But, you know, with travel now, a lot of people will be traveling with their pet. They will indeed. I mean, I'm talking not so much for COVID, but for the flu and all these other things. And then, right, they're going to be traveling however they do it. You're right about dog parks. And I think trying to put uh, politics aside, which seem to be extremely big right now, Depending on where you live, I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio, so we get all the climates. But whenever it's colder, it makes things a little bit harder. And of course, viruses love things like that. So whether it's the COVID, whether it's the flu, they're almost identical in you know the signs and symptoms that we see. So I think that that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Get your pet vaccinated, visit your vet, make sure he or she is healthy. When you're not feeling so good, there's nothing like a little bit of chicken soup. It's as good for your pet as it is for you. 
Always do the low sodium, a little bit of warm tea, nice warm cup of chamomile with some uh, locally grown honey and lemon. Those are natural cough suppressants. Most pets will lick that honey right off the teaspoon, you know, every three or four hours. For those of your pet loving listeners into homeopathy, phosphorus 30C is uh, great to relieve coughing. You can give, you know, one, one pellet three times a day. What about the runs? What happens if your dog has the runs? Then you should call your veterinarian who will probably tell you to bring in a fecal little bit of poop, as they say. Make sure as far as the diarrhea issue that COVID has presented in humans, we've not seen that in pets and pets. It's pretty much been restricted to an upper respiratory cough, sneeze, not feel that great, skip a couple of meals situation. But generally, whenever you have a, a, a diarrhea type situation in a pet, you know, checking a fecal for worms and various parasites, trying a bland kind of a diet, you know, chicken and a little bit of pumpkin, maybe some noodles for a carb as opposed to rice. Those are all good things to keep in mind. Going back to the coughing, which, you know, you can get with the flu or all these upper respiratory conditions, that phosphorus 30C and next vomica 30C, you can try on coughing pets who don't respond to the phosphorus 30C on those homeopathic pellets. Right. Now with the fleas and the ticks, you know, it is getting colder, but there's a new tick out or a new flea out or something new out there. I mean, they, they've changed. And what can we do about that? Well, there's all kinds of products that have come out. Most of them are, are topical. Some of them are little kind of chewable treats that the pet gobbles up. Some just do the fleas like frontline. Others take care of fleas and ticks. I think it's a good idea to be very careful of some of the newer products like Brevecto is one where you take one pill and it's a three-month miracle. It's not really a miracle at all. Many of these animals come down with epileptic seizures in addition to liver and kidney problems. And what's really hard about that is once the pet has ingested the product, there's nothing you can do for the next 90 days because there's no way to get it out of the pet. So for animals that seizure or epileptics in particular, there are safe, very effective products that do not cause problems to that degree that I think it's a good idea to keep in mind. So I see lots of pets, unfortunately, that have been given the Brevecto products that, you know, those three months and you don't have to worry about a thing until your pet starts having epileptic seizures or ends up with kidney and or liver demise because, you know, these are toxic pesticides, let's face it. So um, you have to, you know, take a breath and think about it before you just, you know, say yes and give it to your pet, if you will. Right, right. Because I know ticks could be very, very bad. And, and you know, if your pet has a tick, I mean, I, I've had friends that, you know, have gotten sick from it. And it's a terrible thing when you get it. You could get intravenous or whatever. But a lot of people I know who have had you know, problems with ticks, they're not the same. I mean, it's in them. Yeah. And most of us, you know, most of us, Cheryl, think of Lyme disease because that- Yeah, you know, Lyme disease. It's not fun at all. No, it isn't. But Lyme disease is just one of 10 diseases that ticks are capable of transmitting to your pet as well as to you and I. So, so it, it is a big deal. You're absolutely correct. And, um, Running your hands over your pet's body twice a day, every morning and every evening is a quick way, 
you find something that shouldn't be there, remove it. If you find an engorged tick, obviously call your veterinarian. But ticks have to attach for uh, 24 to 36 hours before they're capable of causing disease. Again, most pets are going to hit that head and neck area because they're dropping down onto the pet, you know, from trees, branches, and shrubbery. Fleas jump. Fleas are jumpers, but ticks are droppers. (laughs) And those fleas jump, they could jump very high. Yep, they can jump 10 plus feet. (laughs) They're Olympians. Yes, yes. So you have to remember. And remember, you can go to the grocery store and for seven bucks, you can buy a box of borax. It's in the laundry detergent section. You can take it and sprinkle it all over your carpets and rugs, pound it in, leave it on a couple hours, and then vacuum it up. That offers one year of natural flea protection within the home that is very effective. There are companies like Flea Busters. They'll come out to your place and do the same thing, but they'll charge you $300. Right, right. I know when I got my cat from a shelter and, you know, they treated him before, you know, I brought him home in my patio area. I mean, sure. he, he had fleas and I bombed the heck out of the place. They weren't in there. They they were somewhere else. But my test was white socks walking out there. And that works, too. You could tell if you wear white socks, they go right to it. I think they turn color. I think they turn red also. Well, if you put on the white socks and you shuffle your feet along the floor where your pets are, especially in between the slats of hardwood flooring, if you have that, and then you pick your foot up and look at it, if it looks like pepper, little black and brown specks, and you happen to get those wet with a dab of water and they turn red, that's your diagnosis. Flea feces are nothing more than dried blood, which is why it turns red if you dab it with a little bit of water. Well, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Today I'm talking with Dr. Carol Osborne from the Chagrin Falls Pet Clinic and learning an awful lot about things that we should avoid and things (laughs) that we can help our pets with. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, I know you're very big into anti-aging. Does that also include your supplements, you know, for arthritic? I mean, my cat has arthritis and she could be very lazy, sometimes going in the litter box. I have cut it down, but sometimes she could be very lazy. Yes, indeed. My PAWS, P-A-A-W-S, is an acronym for Pet Anti-Aging Wellness Supplement. And um, that's what it does. It literally helps to turn back the clock 
for a multitude of age-related disorders in dogs and cats. And um, glucosamine is one of many different ingredients in the formulations. And um, they work very, very nicely, I must say. And exercise. Exercise is also important because a lot of people are fearful if their animal has a little bit of, you know, arthritic pain. Not that they always show it because animals hide that. But still, exercise is very important. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Published research shows that not exercising an arthritic limb or joint increases the probability of permanent disability by about 33%. That's very good to know. Yes. You know, because the long dogs get it, the short dogs get it, we get it. Yep. And everybody gets it with cats. Usually people find, you know, they're reluctant to get in the litter box because the sides of the box are tall and it hurts the cat to climb in and out. So they don't, <laughs> you know, they just pee next to it or wherever it might be. Right. Only pee. But and that's a big thing to keep in mind because it's often overlooked, you know, in the kitties. My female, she's 18. There you go. And she she's even walking like an old lady. Right. Well, she is an old lady. <laughs> she must be 120. I always tell people, if you're lucky enough to get old, then you have to deal with what old age brings. And that is uh, the absolute truth. You took good enough care of her for her to make it to 18. And then you sort of have to, you know, oh, yeah, do a little yeah. bit extra yeah. to keep her comfortable yeah, in her I've, older I've years. I've had it since she's a kitten. So, you know. You're doing a lot of things very good. Yeah, I've had cats like 20, 21 years. There you go. Yeah. yeah, we have cats in our practice, 25 and 26 years old. Oh, my gosh. I think that's great. Well, you know, when they're loved like that and they are indoors and they are safe. I mean, I started sure. with three. Then I had two. Now I have one. And then whenever I'm going to get another dog because that'll get me out and I'll exercise my arthritic limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear on that. I know. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to uh, spend some time with us because you have so much knowledge. Knowledge is power and we all need to know. I know you're very big on cooking for animals. And I remember one thing you said on our last show, you must watch what your pet eats. That is the truth. And I always remember that. And I try to, you know, integrate some things natural, but I don't want to change too much up because right. you know, sometimes they get a, you know, a little stomach ache and they get sick. And that's very stressful for an older cat who's thin. She's very thin, but she right. always was thin. I never had heavy animals. So, you know, I uh, and I want to tell our our listeners now your website is chagrinfallspetclinic.com. Yes, it is. And that's the best place they could go on the website and all the things we're discussing is on there. And yeah, they can also call us toll free 1-866-DR-CAROL. And that's 866-372-2765. And the second website we have, they're all connected is just drcarol.com, which is D-R-C-A-R-O-L.com. <laughs> that's great. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Carroll, I appreciate you stopping by because you have a lot of knowledge and, you know, we want it. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. Love to join you again, Cheryl, anytime. Yes. So I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank my producer, Mark, and I want to tell my audience to check out our other shows with all the great hosts. 
See you next time. Remember to live life unleashed. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.